Alma Howard. Mary Blair. Alice Davis. Welcome to the Disney 8 Episode 3, and uh, I'm excited, very, very uh, happy to be joined by my good buddy, my brother, um, and I think that tonight is one of those nights to where you're looking really chipper. I think you're happy to be here too. Jason, what's going on, buddy? Life is good. We had we had great sun today. I got some vitamin D, and I've got uh, we got a great episode tonight. I'm really excited about this, because this is an incredible person. I think that's what I'm seeing. I think I'm seeing a little tan on your face, and... Uh, and it makes me happy. It's not that just glare from from snow for months on end. So I'm happy to see you have that little bit of glow about you. I'm I'm glad that I didn't have to bring my see through skin to the to the meeting tonight. Right, right, yeah. Uh, you know, when we started this journey on the Disney Eight, we were looking at what women we would we would talk about, and the eight we came up with. You know, we're starting to find a common a common ground with this, and these women are all. Uh, dedicated to not only their craft, but also dedicated to advancing um, women's rights uh, during during their time period. And they were all strong-willed. And I really think that, you know, now that we're getting into episode three, I, I don't know about you, Jason, but me personally, you know, I'm a Disney historian. I love it. I talk, I, I, I talk it. I read about it. I study it. I, you know, watch as much as many documentaries as I can. I think I find it fascinating the way that it's grown, the, the company's grown, the, the man himself grew from someone who just dreamed of a mouse to dreamed, you know, to, to running a, uh, a a major company, you know, a, a, that changed the world, it changed society in general. And the more we learn, or the more I have learned, it's just been incredible, the impact these women have had on Walt Disney and on the Disney company. The, the impact that they've had, and fast forwarding to today while you and I talk, the role model that these women give to, to to the young girls right now, you know, I understand Disney has a has a campaign where it's um, you know dream big princess or or whatever, uh, but it, how how do you dream big? You know, and and this is this is a great opportunity. You got eight women right here that are are showing you how to dream big, and it's pulling up your sleeves and and getting out there and getting it done, no matter what. You know, and I think that's the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at, you know, our first two, first two women we talked about. I mean, look at look at last week. Last week we t- we dove in and talked about P.L. Mm-hmm. Travers. 
you talk about someone who faced adversity and and because of her hard work, because of her dedication, because she knew what she wanted to do, she she honed her craft and became great at it. She was able to turn that corner and you know and and become a, a successful, prominent um, um, woman in business and in life, and and really influence millions and millions of people. Not only at that time, but throughout you know the rest of history. Mm-hmm. And I just think all these women have that in common to where they're just they're strong willed and they are they they are not afraid to really get in there with the guys. And we say that now, and it sounds silly because you know. It's it's not it's just it's not the way people talk now. But if you're talking about the 1940s and 50s, you know most of these professions were male driven, and these women were not afraid to get in there and mix it up and to really make their mark on these major companies that were out there. And uh, with P.L. Travers, I mean, look, when we started talking about her, she's probably of the eight women we're gonna we're gonna discuss the one we know the most about uh-huh. or knew the most about before we started talking. I still learned a ton. I still learned a lot about her as I'm doing research and as we're doing the show. I don't know about you. Did you I mean you? I am not to your caliber of a historian. You know, I've never gone down that road, and this has been an, a very, very fun journey for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and the, here's the thing, man. And I've really enjoyed doing this with you because uh, one, it's the closest I think I'll ever come to being a professor. <laughs> okay, all right. And two, I've enjoyed your excitement. Okay. I've enjoyed your excitement whenever I send you articles or, you know, we're chatting throughout the week and you're like, you know, oh, dude, did you know that uh, that this happened or this happened and she did this? And I, I've enjoyed being able to go back and forth with you about this. And, you know, we've we've learned from each other because you'll send things to me I didn't know and, and I'll send things to you. And it's it's been a, it's been a very uh, um, interesting and, and fun time to really appreciate what these women have done. And I hope that the audience, you know, I hope... If you know you that are listening right now have appreciated this as well and have maybe learned a few things and have uh, been able to maybe apply so a few of these things in your own personal life, uh, you know maybe if you're having a, a rough day, you realize that you know it's just one day. It's okay. You know we can turn around and we can we can make that next day better and and, and always pick ourselves up. And uh, you know I I think these women are amazing people. And the woman we're going to talk about tonight is one of the most prominent women in the Disney Company. And uh, an actual, she is a Disney legend. She is someone who, when you say her name, people probably know it. You know, even if they don't know a lot about her, they probably know that name. Uh, if not for her, for her husband as well. Uh, that that dynamic duo of the two of them made a made a lot of fantastic uh, um, additions to Disney parks and to Disney movies and things like that. And tonight, we dedicate this show of the Disney Eight. To Alice Davis. Alice Davis. Uh, Alice Estes is what she was born as. And really small farming community is where she was from, Escalon, California. Now, I went down the road, and I even looked today on where this this small town is at. And, uh, guys, it's still small. It's a still a small little area, okay? And, you know, this is somebody that had to have a personal drive to want to get out of a small farming community because you know a lot of people when they're born in these these situations their life is already laid out for them you are going to uh, go to school for a couple of years you're going to marry a farmer and that's that's it that's what you're going to do all right now she, but she was very talented she's a very talented girl and with that she received a scholarship from the Long Beach Art Association she went to Chenard Art Institute 
Yes, I mean, and Chouinard Institute was a prestigious, prestigious school. I mean, she was ecstatic to be able to go there, but there was a few problems. You know, Alice's dream, being being how talented she was as a child, Alice's dream was to study animation when she arrived at Chouinard. And when she arrived, there was a few problems. The one was animation was driven by men. Whenever she talked to the admissions officer or the woman that was working in the office, uh, the woman in the office said, "You can't, you can't work, uh, study animation. That's a, that's guys. All, all the women work in ink and paint." And Alice once said in an interview, she said, "I didn't want to work in ink and paint. I, I, I figured that was like uh, coloring a coloring book. You know, coloring inside the lines like a child would do." She said, "I didn't want to do that." And so she, you know, she, she got a little upset about this. And uh, and the other problem was, it was right after World War II, and all these guys are coming back from World War II. And they're coming back on the GI Bill, and they are able to attend schools and go after um, dreams that they had before they went off to fight the war. A lot of these guys' dreams were to go into animation, so they were filling up classes left and right. You know, when the government's paying for these classes. Now, while Alice has a a scholarship to go do this, there's no room for her there, and so the woman tells her, "I'm sorry, there's no room. You cannot be part of the animation department here." And Alice, she 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 talks in an interview. She says, "I just broke down. I broke down crying. I was upset because she knew that if she hadn't used her scholarship, then she wasn't going to be able to ever use it. She wasn't going to be able to pursue her her passion and her dreams." And so the woman leaves the room, and she says, "Alice, just sit here. Just sit here for me." And the woman leaves the room, and she comes back after a while, and she says, uh, "She says, I tell you what. She says, you start school on Monday. Be here." Uh, you're going to be in costume design. And Alice tells a story. She says, I didn't know anything about costumes. She said, I didn't know, you know, the differences in shoes or dresses or fabrics or anything like that. She said, the first test I took, uh, I got a zero on. <laughs> because I, I had never, you know, I didn't have any, and I had to keep a B average to keep my scholarship. Right. So she said, I had to study uh, harder than anybody because I had no background when it come, came to costume design. But the other, the other thing that, that happened that really changed Alice's future was this. One, she learned costume design. But of course, her, her passion was still with animation. She wanted to learn to animate. She wanted to, to learn and to follow that dream. And so they come to her and they said, hey, we, we've got an opportunity. If you would like to attend a class, it's taught by a guy named Mark Davis. And I'll let you attend this class for free if... You'll call the roll for me in the evening classes, and you have to do one other thing. Every class you come to, you have to bring two pieces of white chalk. And, of course, she said, yes, I'll do this. Of course I will. It's not a problem at all. So she comes to class. She starts taking the class. Mark Davis is teaching it, and uh, and, and she starts to, um, you know, get to know Mark and, and have a, you know, and, of course, she says, whenever I got to know Mark, uh, it wasn't Mark. It was Mr. Davis. Everyone called him Mr. Davis. And Ms. he would always say, no, no, don't call me Mr. Davis. Call me Mark. But, of course, everyone still called him Mr. Davis because that's the way it was at the time. And, of course, we get to know that Mark Davis is not just a man who taught a class. He is later known as another Disney legend. But we'll get that get to that in the future. Now, Jason, let's get into what happens after she graduates from Chouinard. She actually started designing lingerie uh, in in Los Angeles, and um, look at being a talented person. She 
rose to proverbial ranks as the head, to the head designer. She had two lines of fashion herself, and she earned a reputation of pattern making and working with exotic fabrics, which is a significant impact on her future with Disney. Now, Alice caught a lot of slack from the, her peers, her students, that, that she had a crush on Mr. Davis, and she continually rebuted that. She was like, no, I do not have that. You know, almost that, that uh, I, I got almost kind of a, a, an elementary kind of vibe to this whole yeah, story, yeah. right? Like, you know, you like the teacher, you like, and, uh-huh. and she was adamantly against that, and then that's that she, she just refused to admit that. And in fact, um, when she graduated, she didn't hear from Mark Davis for, for many years and, and up until the 50s. Yeah, Disney, uh, you know, so in the mid-1950s, uh, Walt Disney and the Disney Company is working on Sleeping Beauty. And they are sitting there, and, and Disney and, and Mark Davis are, are sitting in a room, and they're trying to do the scene of Briar Rose in the forest, where she's dancing, and she's dancing with the, with the animals, and the prince shows up, you know, I love you, you know, and the whole, the whole thing. Um, and and Walt says to, to to Mark, Mark, you know, we really should should get an actress to get in a dress so these animators can see how the dress flows and how the dress moves and, and, and all that. And he said, do you know anybody that can make a dress for us? And Mark said, you know what? I do. I think I know somebody. And so after years of not talking, he calls up Alice Davis and he says, uh, he says, I need I need a costume designer, a dancer, a costume for this dancer named Helen Stanley. Uh, to wear so that way these these animators can see how this dress is going to move, and so she of course says, "Yeah, I'd, I'd love to come on board and do this." And so it was during this project that uh, that her and Mark, uh, you know, she kind of said, "Yeah, I do have feelings for him." And he said, "Yeah, I do, I do, do like her." And they grew close, and uh, they actually eventually were married in June of 1956. So if you're every time you're watching Sleeping Beauty, you can know that it that that uh, picture actually did bring two people together that would go on to change the Disney Company. Mark and Alice Davis met and uh, or, or you know didn't meet, but but really got to know each other during that during that during that film. A typical Disney fairy tale, huh? How cool is that? It is. Yeah, it is. I like that. It is a Disney yep. fairy tale story. Yep. Really, really good. Now, I want you to picture this. You got Mark Davis. You got Alice Davis sitting at a table in a restaurant. And they're they're doing the married thing. They're talking. And in comes the man himself, Walt Disney. And he walks up to Mark and says, hey, Mark, is this your new bride? And... He introduces Alice to, to Walt, and, and they all sit down, and they have a cocktail together. Now, by the end of this meeting, Walt hires Alice right on the spot. That must have been one significant impact on Walt Disney to hire somebody right on the spot. If I could have been a fly on that wall in that restaurant, just to, just to see those three people you know, at that table. And they say, you know, they say Walt walked over, sat down, grabbed a drink. You know, they're all talking and doing that. I mean, do you talk about how, one, let's think about this, Jason. How intimidating would that be? <laughs> right, exactly. But yet, Alice Davis didn't, wasn't intimidated. She, she, she perked right up, you know, came right at Walt, and, you know, and, and, and talked to him and got to know him and all that. And with, by the end, boom, she was a, uh, she was a, she was a member of, uh, of the Disney company. So uh, that's amazing. Her reputation 
was already there though with Walt, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah. it's all because she was very talented. So that talent and her drive did get her to where she is and Walt picked up and knew that. And I honestly oh, I honestly think that Walt knew he was gonna hire her before he even walked in that restaurant. I, I I agree. I think Walt had such a Walt had a way of playing people uh, with and against each other. You know, there's famous stories about Walt putting animators together that didn't like sure. each other because he thought that it drove it drove uh, creative juices. You know, to where you put these people together. But he also had ways of playing people with each other. And I think when he sat down, you know, he wanted to see how they would interact with each other. You know, if they could work together, if they could do all that, knowing that they were because look, let's be honest. I mean, I, you and I love our wives. Could we work together twenty four seven? I don't know. You know, um, so I think Walt wanted to get that feel and uh, and and see. So uh, you notice I didn't answer. Yeah, that, right? I did okay. notice that. Yeah, you left you left me on the hook. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, you know I uh, and actually Katie would be the one to say no. There's no way it's happening. Um, but yeah, what an interesting interaction that changed changed things forever and now you're looking that's in 1960 and then in 1963 walt comes to alice and says hey i got something new for you i've got this artist and she's working on costumes for an auto uh uh, audio animatronic attraction for for these children for the 1964-65 new york world's fair and the artist that's working on its name's mary blair and i would like for you to come over and work with her can we guess what attraction we're talking about? If not, it's a, it's small, a world. small world. Listen, this is this is an attraction that is got the fingerprints of the original Disney all over it, and and uh, do I dare say another legend herself involved? Yeah, oh, you know, definitely. Mary definitely. Blair is is an incredible, incredible, and I, I'm looking forward to that. But reeling it back in, the talented Alice had a a lot that she could give to this attraction. And in the end, she supervised the creation of 150 detailed costumes. You know, when you're going through that attraction and you look at all those those costumes, you know, one person, this is this is uh this is got her fingerprints all over it. And these are animatronics on top of it. So they weren't just Barbie doll clothes we're throwing on something. These are something that needed to um maybe bend or mold and and move with an attract you know move with the actual animatronic that it did move uh, this was all Alice yeah and you know she th- this was all done in a year span we're not just talking about creating the costumes we're talking about the research as well so she's doing research picking up different magazines different um, encyclopedias things like that to learn about all these cultures uh, to to implement these these facts about these cultures on these costumes now with this attraction alice changes the disney company forever and the way she does this is before before the way they were doing things with movies and with with all this stuff was they were just creating one costume so they would create one and then if something was made and it it ripped or something like that shooting for the picture or 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 you know whatever they were working on would go down for two days until they could have a new one made and alice said why are we doing this this is silly this is what we need to do is we need to have a pattern so alice creates the idea of making a pattern for all these costumes to where they can be instantly replicated 
or you can make two, three, or four of the same exact thing without any differences between them to where if something rips or something breaks, it can, it can be switched out in, instead of in a matter of days, it can be switched out in a matter of minutes. No problem at all. Animatronic comes out, the costume comes off, new costume goes on, animatronic goes back and the attraction is right back and working. So whenever you go to Disney and you're waiting for, you know, an attraction goes down and it's only down for 20 minutes, Thank Alice Davis. She's the one that's uh, most likely has helped you out with that because they have also implemented that with other aspects, you know, with creating parts that are based off patterns to where they can just implement new parts without having to design a new part. Well, speaking you know. of parts and patterns, in 1965, Alice says a great quote We went from sweet little children to dirty old men overnight. And that's because she had her hands on that famous attraction that we all love, Pirates of the Caribbean. If you're thinking Alice Davis, I, you know, you can definitely think Small World, but I think most people are thinking Pirates. Uh, she was in charge of 47 different costumes, and each one of them are completely different and period-specific to the 17th and 18th centuries. They are, look, more detailed than any other uh, uh, um, costume that is in Disney. They are absolutely to a T, like because you're so close and it's meant to transport you into a story. The difference with Small World is this: although it's meant to take you through a story, it's not meant to really transport you. I don't feel, you know. So the costumes don't have to be over the top, you know, as far as like uh, you know, extravagant. These had to be, and and she really went above and beyond with what she did with the pirates theme and what she did with the pirates costumes. You know, you got to also keep in mind that while she's doing this, that because pirates of the Caribbean opened up in 1967, but at the same time, she was also doing the costumes for mission control. Um, you know, in the revamped flight of the moon attraction. So, I mean, mm -hmm. she had a lot of stuff going on right then and there. Yeah. And yeah, Alice was one of those uh, uh, really funny, funny, funny ladies. Um, I've, I've gone back and forth whether I want to tell this story or not, but I'm going to tell it in the best way I can. And Jason, you can cut it if you don't think it should stay. All right. when, when all the men were creating the animatronics, they created the men... Anatomically correct. Anatomically <laughs> yes. correct. Yep. And Alice came in with her uh, costumes. She said, this isn't going to work. We can't do this. You know, it's not it, it, it's it's not going to fit right. It won't work. You know, it's just not you can't you can't do it. And so Alice corrected the problem herself and removed those pieces and uh made it to where now the costumes fit uh nice to the exact way she wanted it to be. So Alice didn't have a problem stepping up and saying, "You're wrong. I'm right and I'll fix this problem right now and boy did she fix that problem she, that's she uh went ahead and she uh she went picking apples and filled the basket and went home so she certainly she did, did that's for sure i think that's the best way i can do this what do you think <laughs> there are a lot of what a great story yeah. though i love that story yeah, but i can almost imagine uh you know did she do it with um you know uh, like with tenacity or was she did she have a kind of that like I can't believe I'm. I, I guess, guess it has to do with Mark. It, I guess it all has to do with Mark took the garbage out that morning or not. Right. Right? <laughs> so I would have been the love to have been a fly on the wall for that conversation for sure. 
right? Yep. So Alice, Alice didn't have a problem jumping in and showing the boys that you're wrong and I'm right and then we're doing it my way. You went from someone who went from studying fabrics and not really wanting to do that to now she's changed uh, the way Disney approaches all animatronics, all attractions. And, you know, we have to jump back a second, Jason, because we kind of forgot to mention the one reason Walt was really interested mm-hmm. in her was because she had a um, a knowledge and a fascination with elastic. Like, uh, uh, like she... She knew how she could use uh, elastic to to make dresses and fabrics and, and all that bend and mold and 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 work the, and look have a natural look. And Walt said, Walt said in in their meeting when they met at the restaurant that night, you know, I really don't know much about that. And that's one thing Walt was always great about was surrounding himself with smarter people. You know, Walt always he was never the smartest guy in the room. Walt always said. You know, I you know I'm gonna I'm gonna get you. You're the best. This I'm gonna get you. You're the best. This and we're gonna come together and we're gonna combine our ideas. Uh, Walt was a superior motivator and a superior storyteller, uh, but he got the best of the best. And he was fascinated by that. He said, "I can, you know I've never I've never really I don't know much about that. Maybe that's something I I could know. So maybe that had something to do with her getting hired as well. Was his fascination with that? Well, and I really honestly think Walt knew he was gonna hire her before he even walked in the door. It was just more of a formality for him to maybe sit down and have a drink, and and that was it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and she look when you're going to the parks, you are seeing Alice Davis all in the parks. You're seeing her inspiration throughout the parks, and one place you can see it is right on Main Street USA. She has a fantastic window right there on Main Street USA that was dedicated on May 10th, 2012, and uh, it's right next to her husband Mark Davis's window. And, I mean, what better honor, if you're a Disney legend, than that, is to have your window on Main Street uh, for all eternity. You know, for, for the rest of the time, we're all here and all loving Disney. Uh, you can look up, look right to the right right there, and enjoy Mark and Alice Davis as you walk down Main Street. You know, following Mark's lead, Alice retired from WED in 1978. But the thing is, is she still was a consultant on other projects for the Walt Disney Company. And one in specific is Up. And this is where they were turning to their, uh, I quote, oldest acquaintances and relatives, and they're mining their memories for stories. How cool is that? Yeah, I mean, whenever you look at that fantastic opening to Up that makes us all cry every time we watch it, uh, you know, a lot of that comes from Alice Davis and from her stories and her love for her husband and their adventures together that they that they had. So uh, it's kind of, you know, Up's kind of a dedicated uh, story to those two people. And, um, you know, she, the great thing is, you know, you still can see her every now and then. You know, she's she's getting up there in age, but you can still see her every now and then uh, making appearances at, at certain Disney things. But, uh, but I mean, what an amazing woman. Um, you know, she, she we sadly lost the, the great... Disney legend, her husband, Mark Davis, in, in 2000. And, um, you know, she, she still to this day loves him and talks about him and cherishes those stories, you know, that, that they, and those, those times they had together. And I just, I just, when I think about Alice Davis, the one word that comes to mind is strength. What a strong woman in a hard time in our history of our country, right after World War II, to know what she wanted, to dedicate her life towards it, 
to go after it with 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 without a second thought and to achieve it. I mean, achieved her goal and achieved a a great life. You know, a great life, a a fantastic woman, fantastic uh, uh, wife, and and I look. You can't say it any way better. A Disney legend, Jason. I tell you what, I've had so much fun going over. Uh, the history and, and learning about Alice Davis and about Mark Davis and about their interaction and Alice's interaction with Walt and and what she did for the Disney company. I mean, look, we are the lucky ones because we're getting to learn about these fantastic women. And not only are we able to get a peek at how they became who they are, but it is understanding the the, the hard work and dedication that they had to get there. And I keep going back to the word role model, and that's exactly what these women are. With that said, we are excited to, uh, to not only look at the past and to look at people who, who you know, influenced the Disney Company throughout history, but we are excited to talk about people that are influencing Disney Company now. And this week, we are shining the spotlight on Lori Coltrane. And Lori began her career... Um, as a production designer for the conservation station at Disney Animal Kingdom. I love that place. Have you ever been out there? I have. I have. Oh, I love it. The petting zoo yeah, and everything. Taking the train. Uh, fan- yeah, it's so much fun. I, I love it out there. She she started out there, and uh, and then she worked and was an overall creative director for uh, Fantasyland at Shanghai and was a creative director for uh, several of the uh, the land attractions, including Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Honey Pot Spin, Peter Pan's Flight, and uh, the Evergreen t- uh, Playhouse, and um, but before she went out to Shanghai and, and hung out there and really got that part going, um, she was also the art director for the Fantasyland at Hong Kong and uh, at Disneyland, uh, she, t- Toy Story Midway Mania at Disney's Hollywood Studios. If you, if you enjoy that, you know that's something she had her hands on from the beginning, and uh, and at Disney's California Adventure, uh, the Grand Fiesta Tour. Starring the three caballeros at the Mexican Pavilion, yep, that's all her. And uh, and also she was a car director and production designer for the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh at the Magic Kingdom, which we all love jumping in the Honey Pot and taking that journey uh, with Pooh through the Hundred Acre Woods. And uh, but I tell you what, I'm going to give you a little trivia that you can uh, you can use the next time. Uh, whenever they say what what Disney uh, uh, Imagineer um, also had a hand in building Las Vegas. It was her. She actually uh, was a consulting art director for the New York, New York Casino in Las Vegas. So talk about a woman who not only influences Disney, but influences a lot of other vacation destinations around the world. And uh, Lori Coltrane, we uh, salute you and we honor you this week as part of our Disney 8. And uh, we want to say thank you for everything you bring to the Disney company. That is awesome. I hope to shake her hand someday. Definitely, definitely. Well, Jason, I've had a lot of fun, and uh, I'll be looking forward to next week. We'll be bringing another fantastic woman uh, to the forefront to uh, shine the spotlight on her and to talk about another Disney legend that has uh, that has had an influence on not only Walt Disney, but also the Disney company. All right, buddy. I had fun. I'll see you later. Good night. After post-recording, I needed to pass this on to you guys. There will be no show that has dropped on the following Sunday night, I will be down at the most magical place on earth and absorbing a little bit of sun at Walt Disney World. So look for Disney 8 the following Sunday. Thank you.